A debate rages online. Is there really a cannibal in Iowa? And then we travel back in time to meet a man who is so adamant he has proof that Bigfoot exists, he turns to an unlikely ally, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. So our first story, we're going to 4chan. So sit down, you're like, Jason, I'd rather not. No, sit down. We're going to 4chan because this is where we have a bizarre exchange going on right now. A man jumped on 4chan today and he said, guys, you won't believe what happened. I had a conversation with a cannibal from Waterloo, Iowa. This is the conversation. This guy logs into Omegle, right? It allows you to talk to random people. You put in what you're interested in. Other people put what they're interested in. It just lets you chat to random people. This guy supposedly gets a conversation. Here's some screenshots. Well, you can't see screenshots. I'm going to read them to you. Gets this conversation. This is how it starts off. Our intrepid young conspiracy paranormal researcher, whoever he is, 4chan poster, doesn't matter. We'll call him Gary. Gary is sitting there, and this is the first message he gets hit up on Omegle. Just out of the blue, very first sentence. Hello. That's very polite. I'm glad that the stranger's saying hello. Hello. Would you like to be fattened up and eaten by a cannibal family? Now, this... That's bizarre, obviously. This is actually the second conversation that Gary has with a cannibal. In one day, the Gary came to 4chan and he goes, Guys, you won't believe it, but I talked to a cannibal earlier. And he told me all sorts of stuff that he belongs to this cannibal family in Iowa. He wants to eat me. He wants to see if I can get fattened up. But I don't have screenshots or any proof whatsoever. And I'll never find the guy again. But here's his kick, which is another messaging app. And people immediately go, yeah, whatever, dude. You got pro- someone burned you in a drug deal. They sold you, like, mushrooms off a pizza and told you that they would get you high and you've been eating them all day long and nothing's happening. You're just trying to get someone in trouble. And then he goes, wait, no, 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 no. Hours later, I found him again on the massive website, on the massive messaging app known as Omegle. Against all odds, I found him again. And that was the screenshot I just read you. So not only did he find a cannibal twice in one day, but... The, the cannibal has no intro. Imagine you are just hanging out on Omegle. Now, he put in that he is interested in death, which is a very broad subject. Maybe you like the Sandman comic. Maybe you enjoy Death's Head, the other comic, but with head at the end of it. Or maybe you enjoy dying. But there's a far cry between I enjoy death and hello, would you like to be fattened up and eaten by a cannibal family? First thing the dude says. Gary says, perhaps. Now, that would ring, if I was a cannibal, and I was just hitting people up randomly, saying, hey, yo, you want to get fattened up and I can eat you? You're going to expect people to go, the first thing they're going to go is, what? Wait, what? Huh? What? But if someone goes, perhaps, I'm going to assume they're a fed. At least the city cop. And then the cannibal responds, Don't worry, it'll be quick and painless end. Terrible grammar. You would have figured that cannibals, because they're eating all those brains, would be a little bit smarter. And then Gary responds, Really? What's the process? And then it just kind of goes on from there. A cannibal goes, What's your height and weight? And the Gary says, Six 
This is a lie. Six feet, 0.25, 0.25 inches. So you're five foot eleven. Like, I don't understand why people are sensitive about their height, but I've never heard anyone describe themselves as six feet, 0.25 inches. Does that, is he trying to say he's six foot two, or is he a quarter of an inch? Is he, is he just a quarter of an inch over six feet? And 174 pounds. And you can hear the cannibal, like, salivating. Mmm, delicious. And then the cannibal says, so you'd be fattened up. We gotta fatten you up. And the guy's like, it's my fetish for being eaten. And then they go on and on, basically, at this point. That's the story. Now, people, now that he's provided this quote-unquote proof with these screenshots, people are like, oh, no, it's true. And they start looking into the kick. They find a name associated with the kick, start finding people in Waterloo, Iowa, whose name is close to that name. It's not the same, but close enough. And becomes this web of investigation. Now, I here's the thing. I think it's a LARP because the guy tells a story of this is what the cannibal said to me. That's what he says in the very first post on the thread. People don't believe him. And then he randomly finds the guy again. And it's the same conversation. It's the same conversation. When's the last time you had the same conversation in four hours? Like four hours apart. You meet someone, you have a conversation, and then four hours later, you have the exact same conversation. It's going to ring some alarm bells. You're going to be suspicious yourself. You're like, wait a second, didn't I just have this conversation? Secondly, that's a pretty bold way to start off just talking to someone. Hey, you, you want to get eaten? I think that the I think the screenshots are photoshopped, and there was some allegations in the 4chan thread itself that ah, these are fake. This isn't what a screenshot would look like on Omegle. Other people are like, no, 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 because it's on the mobile app. I don't know. I've never used Omegle. I don't know what it's going to look like. But what's interesting is people then started finding these people in Waterloo, Iowa, who have a similar name and going like, isn't this suspicious? Isn't this suspicious? Isn't this suspicious? To be fair, and I'm not going to say the name because I'm not trying to dox the guy because I think it actually is a LARP. I don't know if it's a LARP. This is interesting. Either the OP is LARPing or he got incredibly lucky and found the guy twice and was able to take screenshots and that guy is LARPing, making it all up. Or they're both LARPing, it's him and his buddy doing something, who knows? Or it's a real cannibal, or it's a real cannibal. Because one of the people in the 4chan thread said, if you go to the Iowa Missing People website, it has some bizarre statistics. If you look at the city of Waterloo, 11 people have gone missing in Waterloo this year alone, from ages 12 to 17. That's what um, this, this post says. What's interesting, and I'm continuing this quote, what's interesting is those 11 people are all from this year while other missing person reports are more than 20 years old. I kind of looked into that. There's a lot of info. There's really like 20 pages of missing people, men and women. And he could be, that could be part of the LARP. That could be accurate. I really didn't check. I mean, like, I looked into it, and there's a lot of missing people. What it seemed, the OP made it sound like the dude wanted to eat dudes. So there are 11 people, but are they all dudes? That would be the thing. Are these 11 people fat, too? Missing persons don't normally say man was excessively chubby. The man had sweet-tasting, sweet, sweet, delicious meat. It's usually not included in missing persons things. So, the reason why I wanted to cover this was because 4chan has a history of doing this, and we've actually covered this before. The Mysterious Daycare Center. I actually think that started on Reddit, but the Mysterious Daycare Center, we did a couple episodes back, 
this daycare center is there. It looks creepy. And then people start bombarding them with phone calls and sending pizzas to the door, knocking on the door because they thought it was some sort of child trafficking thing. Hillary Clinton was eating babies there. There's all sorts of weirdness. Then recently, there's been a thing about snack food. Like, there's a snack food company. This was actually a request, too, from Max F. On YouTube, Max F. mentioned this. There was a thing recently on YouTube, a company called Stone Creek, Stony Creek. They make uh, little bags of food that you buy at the gas station. And some guy bought some and they were super disgusting. It was like pumpkin seeds. He said they tasted like chemicals. He Hold on, guys. I know you guys are getting ready to type in the comments. Let me finish this. He eats the pumpkin seeds. They taste like chemicals. He goes to complain to the company. He writes them a letter or tries to call a number on the back of the package. And no one answers the phone. It turns out that this company has like a bunch of empty... It turns out this company apparently has like five different mailing addresses and a bunch of different phone numbers. And it's like four people work there and it's a multi-million dollar company. And the ex-paranormal board lost their head over this trying to figure out like, is this some sort of conspiracy? Is it money laundering? Human trafficking? Always. It's always human trafficking. It can never just be like drug deals. But... It's all there's always human trafficking behind every conspiracy. Hillary Clinton's waiting there with a bib, the picture of a baby on it. People are trying to call up Stony Creek. Stony Creek basically starts complaining. I'm getting harassed. This is ridiculous. Then it turned, and it was weird too, because then the conspiracy kind of ended because it turns out the original poster who started the Stony Creek thing never ate pumpkin seeds. He ate gummy bears. And people are like, what? And I was like, this is ridiculous. I knew from the beginning on that one that 99% probability that this company, my guess was this with Stony Creek, was that the packaging was older. And so some of the packaging had different contact information on it because when you make candy for a gas station, you're pumping it full of, you're eating candy from the Carter administration. Basically, when you're buying stuff at a gas station, it's super old. So you were buying stuff from, say, 2005 and then other stuff from 2017. Maybe it's not the card administration, but that was my first guess. The second guess was that they just had different dis- distributors. They're not shipping pistachios all the way from Washington, D.C. So I figured it was just something like that. So, but you can sometimes, you it's, <laughs> but sometimes the most mundane conspiracy totally gets blown up. You have a creepy-looking daycare center, therefore human trafficking. You have disgusting pumpkin seeds or gummy bears, therefore human trafficking or money laundering or whatever it was. This is going to be the same thing. This this Iowa cannibal thing most likely will just continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. It'll keep getting pushed out there. Now, I don't think the I don't think the conversation actually happened. I don't think any of the people involved are cannibals, but I think it's a good look at how these things grow. It could completely die off. I didn't think the Stony Creek candy thing was going to go anywhere, and it lasted for like a week. Multiple threads as people try to unravel the mystery of disgusting gas station food. It's gas station food. It's going to be disgusting. And I would argue that you could you could contact... You know what? Here's an actually interesting thing. The, I eat these beef jerky sticks, these jalapeno beef jerky sticks made by Tillamook. The packaging says it's three grams of carbohydrates, three grams of dietary fiber. So it basically makes it a net zero for keto. And I thought, that's not accurate. And I know that the nutritional value things on food, 
there's you can lie on them. You can lie on them. You there the FDA gives you some wiggle room. So I thought this is weird. This can't be right. So I went to Tillamook's website. They list the nutritional value on the website for the jalapeno things. Three grams of carbohydrates, zero dietary fiber. Huge difference. If you're on keto, that's a massive difference. So I emailed them and I said, hey, yeah, there's a difference here. Now I'm thinking in my mind, they're lying with the stuff on the shelf because that's where people are going to grab them. And they know that people are looking at that stuff nowadays. I think it's some sort of conspiracy. I think they're trying to rip us off. I ended up getting an email like two weeks later. So at that point, like enough time had gone by. It's like, that's weird. They haven't gotten back to me. They're a company. I'm emailing them stuff. I started thinking, did my email go through? It wasn't a huge deal, but I was curious. I ended up getting an email about two weeks later, and they're like, oh, thank you so much for pointing that out to us. The website is actually outdated. It is three grams of dietary fiber. So thank you for pointing that out to us. They didn't send me anything free, so whatever, Tillamook, you suck. But my point is, is that in those two weeks, had I posted that onto, say, like a nutrition forum or something like that, I really could have blown their spot up and been like, guys, look, we're getting lied to by this company. I could have gone to some keto Reddit or something like that. Like, they're they're messing with us. They're, it's really easy to get a conspiracy theory rolling because people are naturally suspicious. And whenever you have a sexy conspiracy, like, I get human trafficking, cannibalism, they're not sexy, but they're intriguing. People like to hear about that stuff. So if some random dude you've never met before tells you he has no proof, shows up, and you go, well, that, I don't believe you, shows up four hours later with proof of a totally different but same conversation, you shouldn't believe that. You should be very, very leery about anything that comes out of that. And when they start naming people and saying, I think it might be this person here, you should be even more suspicious. And what's funny is that people kept saying, contact the police, dude. If you have this conversation, you know what city it's in. Contact Waterloo Police. Some guy looked up the police department of Waterloo Police and goes, here's the link. Just call them. Wouldn't call them. The original poster wouldn't call them. People are like, dude, maybe like we should figure out like this is super sketchy. Like, look at this information. Look at this article I found on this guy with a similar name in the city. Other people would be like, just call the police. Just call the police. Nobody would do it. Everyone wants to talk about the conspiracy theory. No one wants to call the police. Now, I don't. I, I would call the police if I actually thought there was any truth to this, but I don't. I think it's a LARP. I think it's an entertaining LARP, and then I think it's great for a Friday episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Interesting story and an interesting insight to how this stuff is created. Let's go ahead, though, and move on to our next topic. So we're going to say goodbye to Iowa. We're saying goodbye to Waterloo waving goodbye to our new non-cannibalistic friends. And they're like, hey, see you later, Jason. Oh, by the way, keto's dangerous. Don't, that's not a good diet for you. You should just eat what you want. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, and come back and visit us soon. Mm. After Easter, when you eat all that candy. Mm. And we're like, that's, oh, that's cool. They invited us back after Easter. And you're right. I shouldn't be on keto. And you're, <laughs> you're super suspicious. You're like, no, dude, stay on that diet. You're looking good. I'm like, nah, man. Let's go eat some cake. So we stop at the cake store, and we're eating a bunch of cake. And there's people from Iowa just with their hands on the window, licking the glass. And we leave. We leave Iowa behind. But we'll visit them again in Easter. We're headed up to the Dalles in Oregon. That's where I'm at, not the Dalles. It's so funny. When I first moved up here, I asked someone, I go, hey, so uh, what's the Dalles like? And they're like, pfft. 
Don't go to the Dows. The kids there smoke duct tape. They're all idiots. They don't even let you buy duct tape if you're under the age of 18 in the Dows. And I go, what? That has to be an urban legend. And so every time I met someone, not <laughs> that's okay, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm not like, nice to meet you, ma'am. So do the kids in the Dows smoke duct tape? But I would meet people and we'd be talking for a while and I'd be like, hey, have you ever heard that about kids in the Dows smoking duct tape? And it, some people would be like, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. And other people would kind of laugh it off and say, yeah, I heard that, but it was like an urban legend. But it's real popular in Hood River that kids in the Dallas smoke duct tape. And you have to be over 18 to buy duct tape in the Dallas. I eventually ended up running into somebody from the Dallas after a couple months of being up here. I said, hey, dude, is it, uh, is it true that you can't buy duct tape? And the person's like, that's not, I'm, oh, I'm so tired of that. That's doofer. So I guess farther out east, there's a town that supposedly dumber than the Dow's called Doofer, which to be fair, that's a pretty dumb name for a town. And they're the ones who smoke duct tape. It's not the Dow's. But it's funny, we basically just have these different towns and each one, the farther east you go, the dumber you get. Anyways, we're not talking about smoking duct tape. I imagine, you know, I imagine if you smoke duct tape, you actually would get some sort of high simply because you're inhaling a chemical and or you're cutting off blood flow to your brain by trying to, like, suck on something? I don't know. Don't try it, kids. I think you have a better chance finding a cannibal in Iowa than you do getting high off duct tape. But we're going to the Dows. And in the Dows, I've heard about this for a long time, too, since I've been up here. There used to be a mobile home that was the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition. It was this... Guy had parked this mobile home in the Dalles. His name was Peter C. Byrne, and he has a little Bigfoot museum. And apparently at one point, Bigfoot walked through the Dalles. So Bigfoot's really big up here. Like, if you walk around Hood River, you're going to see a ton of Bigfoot-related merchandise. You're not actually going to see a ton of Bigfoot, but you're going to see, like, shirts and mugs and hats and all sorts of stuff. Now, and statues, there's quite a lot of Bigfoot statues around town. It's kind of cool for, like, to be into cryptids and stuff like that. It's kind of cool little area. But back in 1976, the year I was born, Peter Byrne had the Bigfoot Information Center and Exhibition, or BICE, I just realized is the acronym for that. This guy had been hunting Bigfoot. That was his thing. He was a Bigfoot hunter. Which, you know, I don't want to crib a joke, but listening to the Parapod is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Highly recommend you guys listening to it. The guy on that show, the skeptic on that show goes, if you hunted foxes your entire life but never caught a fox, could you call yourself a fox hunter? That's kind of, I know that's kind of a flippant way to describe Bigfoot hunters, but I think there's probably another way to describe them. Researchers or investigators, but yeah, can you call yourself a hunter if you've never actually caught one? Anyways... Peter Byrne, I'm not trying to burn him, uh, uh, Peter Byrne found some Bigfoot hair. Picks it up. Look at it. Found it. Little, little, little hairs, little follicles. And there's a piece of skin attached to it, too. Now, it's 1976. When I was growing up, and I've talked about this before on the show, Bigfoot people, not actual Bigfoot people, Bigfoot researchers, UFOologists, paranormal people, they were basically like you had to join a mailing club or you should, could have a magazine. Maybe if there was enough people in your area, you can meet up and talk about it. But there were no, there was no internet. I was born in 1976. That wasn't around until the late 90s. 
if you were into this stuff, you either knew someone in town who was into it as well, maybe three or four people, or you mailed letters back and forth. You were part of some correspondence club. So everyone felt fairly isolated. I think nowadays you have way more communication between people. Double-edged sword, though, because now you can combine your efforts and be like, let's really look at all the evidence we have on Bigfoot, or you can combine your efforts and possibly end up harassing some innocent people in Iowa. But in 1976, this guy has this hair, and he goes, hmm. You know, I've been studying Bigfoot for a long time. I found evidence before, but I think this is conclusive. I don't really have anywhere to turn to, though. And again, that was another thing back then, like nowadays, every so often you'll get some research scientists, you'll get like Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about like alternate realities, or you have people who grew up on more sci-fi stuff, enter the sciences, and they have a bit of more open mind. Back then, people who were running the colleges, running the scientific organizations, they were like, no, this is all goofy. I'm not going to ruin my name by talking about Bigfoot. So if you had a Bigfoot hair sample, there wasn't really a lab you could send it off to. There was no national group that had the ability to do DNA testing or anything like that. So he has this sample of hair, and he turns to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He sends the FBI a letter, and he's detailing, listen, I found this fur. It has a little bit of skin attached to it. Now, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I believe it's Bigfoot. And he puts in the letter, and he puts in the letter, here's a quote. Please understand that our research here is serious. That This is a serious question that needs answering. And the FBI doesn't respond, which is what you would expect. So Peter writes another letter, basically, please, pretty please, with the cherry on top, draws a little picture of a Sunday, a little scented sticker attaches that that says, you're doing a great job. You scratch it and it smells like federal building. It's a little FBI sticker. And the FBI, the second time, they're like, oh, that's so cute. They actually say, secondly, yeah, send us the fur. Send us the fur, we'll take care of it. So on the FBI side, there's a guy named Jay Cochran Jr., the assistant director of the FBI Scientific and Technical Division, or STD, which I'm sure he was reminded of all the time. Hey, Jay, you still working in the STD division? He's a single tier. I'm the assistant director. You can't make fun of me like that. They put a sign on his back that just says, got STD. He's like, oh, that's not even a reference yet. That commercial hasn't come out. So anyways, he's sitting there crying in his laboratory, and he gets this second letter, and he scratches the sticker and it mm, smells like linoleum and Clorox. And he goes, yes, we'll take care of this. He actually he writes back and says, yes, yeah, send us the sample. And he tells his team, normally we're set up to help local crime units. However, we have in the past helped with scientific research. Museums have sent us stuff. Laboratories have sent us stuff. So we will actually help this guy out because... Why not? And I've mentioned this in another episode, too. It's really easy for us to look at federal agents and police officers and stuff like that as the other, as this separate thing from society. But people in those groups love to watch science fiction shows, they read spooky books, they play Magic the Gathering and Doom, whatever game they're on at this point. They're just like you and me. They have a different job, and sometimes that job involves, you know, knocking you over the head with a billy club. But... Really, at the core, they're still people. So I'm sure that there were people at this laboratory who were familiar with the legend of Bigfoot back then. They had read these books, they had heard about it in the news, and they were curious as well. So when the FBI gets the skin sample, and then Peter hears nothing back from them at all, never, ever gets an answer from them. And we're at that point where, we, we've talked about this before as well, I, I don't mean to keep doing callbacks, but 
there's always that story of the Smithsonian, like someone finds proof of a giant skeleton and the Smithsonian shows up and they're like, what giant skeleton? As a giant truck is driving away with a giant tarp on it. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. So there's always that. Like you send off information and you hear tons of UFO stories like that as well. People take photographs of alien ships or they find a broken component and they send it off to the government and the government's like, what are you talking about? What what component? You never sent anything to us. So a lot of people in the meantime for 20 years thought that's what happened. That, hey, they send the equipment off and that was it. They just never tell Peter what they find. Or if they find anything, Peter sends off the skin sample with the hair in it. He never finds anything out. Now, you could say that it might have been lost in the mail. It could be that they found it and it wasn't worth anything. It could be that they found it and it proved Bigfoot existed. And as a national security issue, they refused to let people know what was going on. Possible too, right? So 42 years pass. Peter is still alive. Still alive today. Sends it off. Never hears back. And I'm sure that was always going in his head. Oh, I had proof that Bigfoot was real. Senator of the FBI never got a letter back. Heartbroken. 2019. 2019, though, FBI's been opening up their files. And they open up a file that they have, it was no longer top secret, about their Bigfoot investigation. About this skin sample. It was deer. They, the FBI said it was most likely... From the deer family is the terminology they used. So, that was it, right? Sends off the sample. FBI probably investigated it right away, saw that it was deer family. But still, it was a classified investigation. They didn't respond to him. Because something like Bigfoot would be a national security threat. Something that could walk around America completely undetected, could teleport in and out, leave giant footprints. You would never be able to fix the road. (laughs) destroying everything wet concrete is safe nowhere in the united states national security threat so it was classified at the time but now that it's been declassified comes out that it was related to the deer family there's two takeaways for this first off we're going to look at an article written by hannah chin this was for the williamette week newspaper it was written last year about this story and we're going to take a look at this man named peter byrne turned 94 in 2019 94 years old he says quote i'm still in it but in a much milder way, so to speak. He says nowadays, he goes, actually, the technology makes everything so much easier. He goes, him and his team, they put up trail cams where they know that Bigfoot has been spotted. Have them all over the place. Pick up deer. They pick up mountain lions. They're seeing all sorts of stuff. Elk, but no Bigfoot. Here, this is a little heartbreaking quote. You have this 94-year-old man sitting there talking to this reporter. He says, quote, I would love to see a Bigfoot. I've never seen one. I've seen footprints, that's all. I'm still hopeful. I mean, think about it. He's been researching since before I was born for this one particular creature. He's looking all over for it. Never found anything more than footprints. Probably spent 42 years holding on to hope that he had actually found proof that the FBI thought was too dangerous to get out, so they kept it. But now he's being told it's just dear family. Which he accepted that belief. He's like, you know, what are they? Why would the FBI lie to me? It's probably true, but don't feel bad. And it's funny because I, when I read that, I actually kind of felt bad for him. I was like, oh, Peter, you're just kind of hanging out, elderly man, looking for something that may not exist, dude. 
spent my lifetime looking for something that may not exist. However, I did look more into this dude. He's had an awesome life, dude. He's been to Himalayas looking for the Yeti. There, He has a personal website that has all these amazing adventures he's gone on to. In World War II, he was uh, working for the Navy, and there was a plane crash, and him and his buddy jumped in a boat and like saved five people, pulled him out of a burning aircraft. Great man. Great man. He may be looking for something that doesn't exist, but it's definitely not a life wasted. He's done crazier adventures and done more than I've ever done. And he's still having fun. Whether or not he finds Bigfoot, he has a crew of people. They're out looking for something. He has a purpose in his life. And he's, like I said, he's had some great adventures already. So when I read the article originally, it's like, that's sad. I can just imagine this old, decrepit man sitting on his porch waiting to find, you know, like a leprechaun for all intents and purposes. And then I read more about him and he's actually a pretty dope dude. And then I came away with another thing, though. The FBI is in the laboratory and they're testing that fur looking at it under a microscope or spinning it around in a spinny thing or whatever CSI device they had back in 1976. They had it just like a light bright they in the shape of a double helix, and they're like holding it up against it. And they go, well, that's part of the deer family. And we know Bigfoot, if it exists, has to be related to humans or apes, right? That's the common idea. So just put it in a vault somewhere. Or probably just threw it away if it was just deer-related. They went on with their business. And then I thought about something. How many times do they find Bigfoot fur? Supposed Bigfoot fur. There's like footprints around, and they find fur, and they send it off to lab, and it gets brought back as deer fur. A lot of times it's deer fur. Sometimes it's dog fur, but a lot of times it's like deer fur. Why do we assume that Bigfoot is a descendant of an ape or a man? Just because it walks on two feet? Who's not to say that Bigfoot isn't related to the simians, but to another species? A deer, perhaps. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jason, that's brilliant. And I know, I know, isn't it? Just because he looks like a big old monkey doesn't mean he is a monkey. He's, He's related to a monkey. Because you think about it, I think humans look more like gorillas. We walk more like gorillas, but we're more related to the chimpanzee. So even in that sector of the simians, like we don't, you very rarely see like tiny little people walking around. They're normally like big old dudes. (laughs) I mean, maybe not gorilla big, but, and you're like, Jason, that's brilliant too. That one, that argument's a little weaker, but hear me out. What's to say that a deer couldn't evolve to walk on both feet. Now, I know what you're thinking, because I just realized this as I was saying this, that yes, Bigfoots have hands with like five fingers and feet. And I know you guys are probably thinking this a couple minutes ago. I just I just realized this. And a deer has hooves, right? But, but, give me a second to think about that one. What if, what if the reason why it has hooves is because, ooh, think about it this way. It has hooves. I actually don't know why animals have hooves over fingers and toes. But if, let's say that a million years ago, dude, okay, yes, yes, okay, that's a weakness in the argument. And and, uh, sure, the, the antlers, the antlers and the snout. But, but, what I'm saying is that, think about it, a kangaroo 
looks like a deer. The head. If you just saw the head of a kangaroo and the head of a deer lying on the <laughs> lying on the ground, you would go, I can't tell the difference. Or you would be able to tell the difference <laughs> because you're an outdoorsman, but I wouldn't. If I saw a chopped off kangaroo head, no, not even chopped off. If there I'm not gonna get gruesome with this. If there was like a board with two holes in it, you're like, Jason, this is more weird. <laughs> this is your weird living room. There was a board with two holes in it and one had a deer head, like there was a live deer under there, and then the other one had a kangaroo head. Would you be able to tell the difference? Now, you might you might be able to. However, they're not the same family. So just because they look alike doesn't mean they're related. Crocodiles and alligators, they're different, and they look exactly alike to me. I get them mixed up all the time. So, is it possible... Think of, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. You're like, Jason, this is, this is totally gone off the rails. Snakes have no legs and lizards have legs, but they're both related because they're both reptiles. So a deer can have hooves and then a different kind of deer that walks on both feet because it's walking on two feet evolved feet and hands because it doesn't need hooves. So... kangaroos have hands and toes so they have the same head but different bodies so who's to say that a bigfoot is not related to the deer family but it just has different different appendages and a different face and a different height and totally acts differently than any deer possible and doesn't have antlers but everything's different every every possible thing is different except the fur Except the fur, right? So my my point is, I think I think there's a couple different takeaways here. One, you realize I know nothing about biological science or nature, and I can't tell the difference between a deer and a kangaroo. Secondly, that's all true. Secondly, I think you've realized that I had an idea, and then once I started to process it out loud, I realized the hoof dilemma. The hoof dilemma is a new rule for Dead Rabbit Radio. That's where once you state something out loud, you realize that there's a flaw in it. But you won't give up your argument. I will still say this. Stubbornly say this. Who's to say that Bigfoot is related to apes or humans? Who's to say if you grabbed a patch of Bigfoot hair, you sent it to a lab, and it wouldn't come back? What was it supposed to come back? A gorilla? Or human? It wouldn't come back. It it can't come back. We don't know what it is because... It has to be something. Everything on this planet is related to something. If you found a new fruit on a tree and you sent it to a laboratory, they're not going to say, this is nothing. They're going to say, it's related to an orange. It has to be related to something. If it's from this... No, see, now we're back on track. It has to be related to something. Nothing comes out of nowhere. So it's not that maybe, let me correct that, it's not that Bigfoot is a deer, it's that the closest thing to its fur is a deer. Maybe Bigfoots are naked, and the fur we see is deer fur. That would have been an easier argument to make five minutes ago. That is possible. Bunch of naked people running through the woods that have never been discovered wearing deer fur. So don't... Let that be proof that Bigfoot doesn't exist. You should, when they tell you that that's really deer fur, you should say, ah, just more proof of my giant naked humans wearing deer fur are actually Bigfoot theory. 
Be like Peter. And never stop searching for the truth. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys.